welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. There's no doubt that since the coronavirus hit last year, stock markets globally have had a wild ride, none more so than in the United States. One business which has ridden that wave is Stake, S-T-A-K-E. It's a business that allows you to trade the US market within about five minutes for zero brokerage. Through Stake, you can trade over 6,000 US stocks and ETFs. The founder and CEO is Matt Leibowitz, and he's my guest on the Unicorns today. G'day, Matt. Welcome to the program. Cheers, Justin. Thanks for having me. How did you first come up with the idea of Stake? Uh, well, it sort of goes back to when I was living in the US. I was um, a trader for a, a market maker, a derivatives house called Optiva. And I was mm-hmm. sent to the US in 2009 uh, after the GFC. And I just went to the US and I just saw how big and uh, dynamic that US market was. I remember walking around the, the, the floor at the Optiva offices in Chicago and I yeah. sat next to the guy of the Apple trading desk and we traded options. And mm. I just looked at some of the numbers and <laughs> I was like, that can't be right. He's like, yeah. And I, he was an Aussie guy as well who'd been sitting there. And the amount of money that moved through Apple was twice the entire Australian share market each day. And that was just really? one stock. Of, yeah. you know, so I was like, this is just insane. <laughs> Something um, in this. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of money moving through. And you know, living in the States for you know, three and a bit years, you just the, the way in which they saw the market you know, so everyone else sort of had a piece of it, you know, from taxi drivers, you know, people chatting in the gym. Um, everyone just spoke about the market and it was like right. a real energy behind it. And when I got back to Australia, it was just, you know, everyone was, a pro- was property focused. Mm. Um, but, you know, there was this, these big names. You know, when I was there, it was Netflix. Had, you know, um, I was ordering DVDs by mail. You know, Amazon was flying. Um, Facebook listed <laughs> in 2012. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone used Google, you know, eBay, you know, the PayPal's even Groupon, if everyone remembers, that was a Chicago yes. company that we yep. saw a list at the time. Um, but you just, you couldn't be a part of it if you didn't live in the US and that made no sense to me. So when I came back, I'm like, this is totally broken. It was like a novelty. You know, you signed up for a US brokerage account when I got back and I was like, you are kidding me. You know, it's like 50 bucks a trade. It was, it was free in the US. You know, we got paid mm-hmm. as market makers to post liquidity to exchanges. We actually got paid to trade. Yeah. Um, and the entire system was upside down in Australia. And I just thought there's got to be a better way. Like this is where the you know, 40% market share of the world, the market cap of the you know, world's markets is in the US and Australians mm-hmm. are literally just locked out because of just no one had given it any attention. And so that sparked the idea for you that uh, the US was something to look at. How did you go about actually setting up the business? Well, it's never easy. I mean, I look back five years and I probably wouldn't do it again, given what we went through. <laughs> um, yeah. Lucky enough, I've still got my hair, but it's definitely greyer. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's, you just got to start with one small step. I don't think, you know, you've got a vision for what it's going to be and it never ends out that way. You've just got to take that first step. And the first step was being like, well, how can we actually do it? How can, we, how can I make sure that you can open a brokerage account, you know, as simply as you can open up, you know, a Netflix or a Spotify account. Yeah. And that was pretty much the vision. Um, and you just got to use technology and you just you just start researching. You work out, you know, you know, who's a wholesale broker in the US, what are the regulatory requirements, and you just start digging and all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, two, three months in and you've started to piece the puzzle together. 
Um, mm. And you knock it off one step at a time. You don't do everything all at once. And if you did, you probably would never get there. It's a great name, Steak. Do you ever get confused? Do you ever get confused? S T E A K. More than you'd like to imagine. Um, <laughs> but it's it's made for some fun events. You know, we've had you know steak and steak. You know, the steak and fries. We had an article. Um, you know, yeah. it's just look. It's it represents Christmas fact- parties at yeah, the steakhouse it, again. Exactly. No, it's just um, it just represents the fact that anyone can be have a position in the market, and ultimately you can be part of it. And I think that's what's we re- really represent is the fact that you know if you want to be have more opportunity if you want to be part of something you want to be in the market on a daily or you know weekly or whatever you choose you can have a position that you you can you know explore uh, prior to you know us being around in australia it was just really difficult for aussies to access the us and we're sort of proud of what we've been able to provide so how does it actually work can you talk us through the the, the workflow of you know, signing up and and trading yeah, it's like no other broker. It's like exactly like any other broker. You sign up, you fill in a form, it's all online. You know, you'll be in the market within five minutes and um, it's really straightforward. We keep the funding inside stake so you can just access your bank account mm-hmm. um, directly. You don't have to leave and all the complexity has been taken out. I mean, ultimately, it's it's like any other broker that's sort of built <laughs> more recently. It's just really seamless and straightforward. And we partner with a US broker dealer, like a wholesale service okay so we're yeah. not we're not the ones going and we're not registered with you know the FINRA or the SEC their obligations over in the US um, and we use their service to provide that to customers so what we've really done is just given any Australian um, and New Zealanders we've got um, a presence over there direct access to a US brokerage account um, like they would as if they lived in the US and it's no different to that so as if like, you lived in Atlanta or Australia you'd have exactly the same experience so since launching, who is now using Stake? We've got like 360,000 customers now, so it's grown really quickly. Uh, we've had mm. five times year-on-year growth since we started, and then obviously with coronavirus, it was a bit more accelerated, and that was six times mm. last year. You know, our customer is someone who's generally traded before or invested directly in shares before locally. So 75% of our customer base in Australia has got a local brokerage account for Aussie shares. Yep. Um, you know, they're sort of experience they know what they want they just wanted to access the u.s market so it's generally you know someone as i said who's traded before um they've been interested in the afterpays the wise techs the zips you know whether they be bhp tells they've traded those names even the small caps yeah um, the miners that they want some exposure to something a little bit more um with high growth potential and they just want to have an opportunity to invest in the u.s market so we're not telling people to you know teaching them what an etf or a stock is it's very much uh, someone who knows what they want to do they just want better access to to more really and through stake can you buy or sell shares in any stock is it is it open slather or um are there limitations about what you can trade yeah so we keep adding more and more uh stock to the you know, more and more opportunities to the platforms so we're in at six over six thousand now stocks and etf so you can go all the way from like an amazon to you know some small you know, lithium producer, if you want, um, you know, all the way from like, you know, coal's been pretty hot at the moment, uh, thermal mm. coal, like Peabody's been one of the names that's been really popular on stake, mm-hmm. for example. I, I think it ran from about $1 towards, you know, I think it hit 18. I think it's down at 14 something now. Um, you know, you got all that, you got all the ETFs, the inverse ETFs, people that, you know, we see some 60-year-old <laughs> pluses that are shorting the NASDAQ through stake, you know, buying an inverse <laughs> ETF. They're obviously a little bit more sceptical of, you know, all the printing that's been going on. And I think yeah. it could be the tapering starting. So 
you know, it's, you, can, you can pretty much do anything. I think the way I look at the US, it's like a bit of a Disneyland for investors. You know, you're basically paying nothing to trade. You're getting amazing liquidity. Um, mm. It's just a, you know, it really is, you know, I look at the, I, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know, how do I put it? I'm like lost as to what to do sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, any idea, any exposure you want, whether that be in a commodity, you know, they've got ETFs that track, you know, wheat or corn. Um, you can go, you know, buy electric vehicles, you know, you can pretty much do anything at any point in time and the execution is so clean and easy that, um, you know, it's a good way for people just to get, get a bit more exposure to their portfolio into something different. And are they, um, have you been able to track whether people are actually, say, day trading, they come in, they buy, they sell very quickly or they're holding for a longer term position? I think everyone's different and like, you know, we're not here to judge how people invest their money. It's their money and we just want to provide access. We've got people that regularly put in, you know, a thousand dollars a month and they just buy five stocks. You know, there are yep. people that come in and they're like, I want to trade the VIX ETFs really aggressively. People just do different things. And I just think it's, you know, what we've done is I would provide a really seamless way for them to do that and get what they want out of the market. But there's no one size fits all when it comes to the market, as you guys would know. Am I right in saying that primarily your users, most of them, are a younger of a younger age, say under forty? Mm, yeah, so average age is thirty two point seven. Okay. Um, exactly. If you, um, I could probably go to a second decimal point, but I think it's worthwhile. Um, yeah, it, it definitely. I think you know where you know those companies as well that the US has. Also, they're less set in their ways. So they've only been investing in the Aussie market, you know, on average for five six years. Um, and their portfolios aren't as, you know, you know Aussie heavy. So mm. we're just generally attracting that. And also the, the whole interface is built for the new generation of investors. It's modern, it's sleek, it's web and app. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's app first. When we do our designs, we always do it on app. So it's nice, clean, simple, but still yeah. got that sophistication, you know, from stop orders. Um, you know, as I said, you can do what you want on stake really clean. And it's sort of just taken all the... Um, I guess the noise out of you know share trading, uh, but mm -hmm. it's still got all that sophistication. That just speaks to a more younger younger investor that's sort of still sort of finding their way in the markets. So were you was stake first to market uh, in offering say a mobile first, very easy, clean way of um, buying and selling trading US shares? Yeah, I'd say so. I think you know if you you know it's hard to speak for ourselves on this one because you know we're obviously going to have a, buy, a lean to it, but. Mm. You know, I think so from what I know is we were in market, you know, four years before anyone else really came out with anything, you know, comparable. Yeah. Um, and since then, you know, since we went to, we, we're commission free you know, since 2017 in Australia. Uh, in 2020, a lot of the other brokers did. But, you know, if you actually look, they're charging an FX fee on every trade. So it's a completely mm -hmm. different offering. Um, you know, we don't have, you know, massive legacy behind us. We you know, haven't been around for 30 years, which, you know, may be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on who you ask. But... <laughs> Um, it's just a modern and ambitious offering and we just want to be innovative and push the boundaries because that, that's what our customers would be doing too. And mobile first, tech first, that's probably the key to your younger demographic. Yeah, I think it's a mindset really. So we want to, you know, we obviously, we'll talk about the ASX a little bit later, but the way we do things is we just want to keep breaking down the barriers and always challenge the status quo. And I think that represents the, the ideology of our customer base. It's like they don't, they're not going to settle trading the Aussie shares only because they live in Australia. Well, the world's bigger than that and that opportunity mm. in their portfolio should be bigger than that too. And I think the way we go about our work and we learn, we're not perfect. We've got, you know, we've made mistakes. We try to get better, um, represents the ethos of our customers and that's what drives us really. 
What do the local brokers in Australia think of steak? I don't know. I don't really speak to them a lot, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, they. I think, I they, think we've been good for the market. You're running, you're running them out of business? No, I don't think so. I think there's a spot for everybody. Um, mm. And I think, you know, change is constant, really. And I think yeah, this is, you know, true. we're going we're gonna to face competition at different points in time. And that's pretty normal. And if anything, I think we've brought more attention to the space. We've made, we've shown, we've sort of, you know, cleared the path for everyone to sort of focus on US equities. And we've seen a massive growth across all brokers over this period and also for their international offerings. So, you know, I think this ecosystem is healthier for more competition. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we should be pushing each other to get better. So, I mean, I, I, I really encourage competition. It's better for consumers mm. and it makes us a little bit sharper as well. Am I right in saying that you can buy through stake fractions of shares, not whole shares as such? Yeah, that's really common in the US. Every brokerage there, you know, all the way from like Schwab to Interactive Brokers to, to the Robin Hood, who most people would know of, um, you know, the TDs, the E-Trades, those, you know, that, that obviously there's been a bit of consolidation in the space. That's just a standard in the US. Um, mm. And I think it's also born on the fact that a lot of the US stock prices are well over, you know, the average price on a S&P 500 is around 75 to $100, somewhere in between, you know. Probably towards 100 now with the rally that we've seen over the last 10 years. But um, you know, you've got Amazon trading over a thousand. You know, Shopify's at 1500. Like these, you know, Berkshire Hathaway B, you know, some ridiculous amount. <laughs> it's not really accessible. So, but in Australia, you've got a lot of stocks trading, you know, in the cents and well under a dollar. So, um, the need in the US is a lot greater, and that sort of forced that um, phenomenon. So, what happens? I'm, I'm sure you've been asked this before. A punter gets on, has a bit of a crack in the US market, and those shares that they decide to buy perform very poorly and then they start getting angry at stake. <laughs> How do you answer that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the you know, we, we're not here to decide what you buy or sell. We're just here to give you the access and we can't, yep. we can't shy away from the fact that it's still your responsibility to make the right decision and to do your mm. research. And, you know, investing is not for everybody. I'm not here to democratise investing and I'll be pretty clear about that. It's We're, we're here for people that want to take risk want to grow their portfolio want to you know learn in the markets and they've got to ride the ups and downs with it um it's not a free lunch when you put your money in the stock market as you'd know mm. um but you know we are a place where people want to get better access more access to opportunity we're here for them um but you you know you've got to take responsibility for investing the biggest risk you have everyone focuses on the broker is actually your investment decisions there's a lot more at risk when you um are irresponsible with the way you trade or invest and you, it's a it's a craft and you've got to keep getting better at it and that's all we can do so how does your commercial model work, Matt? Yeah, so we make money in three ways on the FX. So when you move from Aussie dollars to US dollars, and that's not on every trade. Yeah. Um, we have a premium account, Stake Black, which gives you access to settlement, your, your funds. As soon as they, prior to settlement, we give you access to buy and sell if mm -hmm. you want. Yep. Um, and it also has analyst ratings and in more in-depth data. So uh, all the um, reported quarterly data that's consolidated. Uh, yep. So if you want a deeper insight into the market, if you want to know what JP Morgan think of Tesla or if Goldman's has issued a buy rating on, you know, um, you know, so, you know, whether it's Shopify or Monday.com, you'll get, you'll see that in the app. Um, and then we've also made money on the um, the cash sitting on the accounts, the excess cash sitting there. But obviously with rates at zero, there's nothing there at the moment. But um, that's why we make money. Yeah, and and so when you when you got started, you first thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack at this business. How did you um, 
how did you bankroll the business? Did you yeah. have to do a, a capital raise to to get things going? Was it was it bootstrapped? I'd be I'd be keen to know how you you actually got things rolling from a capital point of view. Yeah, so we bootstrapped it pretty much till our last fundraising, which we bought on Tiger Global and the partners of DST, which was a $40 million raise in May this year. And it was bootstrapped pretty much until then. We had a little bit of family and friends. But um, I came from a pretty reasonable wicket at Optiva. I was a senior mm-hmm. partner there. Um, and we wanted to control our own destiny. I wanted us to be not governed by what our investors wanted. Obviously, your investors are a key tenant in your business, but really wanted to be customer-led. And we had a real belief that we could bring something to market. We probably did it slower than other brokers you've seen in the market more mm. recently. Um, but I think that's held us in good stead. We focus on our community and our product. And um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been I'll, you know what, I probably wouldn't do it the same way, given what it takes out of you at a personal level. Yeah. Um, you know, you're putting your, your, you know, I left a great job to do this. Um, yep. yep. You know, we're obviously paid well as a trader and, you know, as a partner at a trading firm, mm. you put, you take nothing for four years uh, you're putting your own money in to grow it. You're offering customers mm. something that's you know ridiculously better than anything that's been done before, and it takes a personal toll on you. But at the same time, I also wouldn't change it because I've learned a lot and I've grown, and uh, we've developed a business that's sort of more owned by the staff and our community than it is by um, you know third-party investors that aren't really you know haven't really been there for the ride for the long term. So, so just picking up on that, um, we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this podcast. Is there any advice you could pass on to business founders that are potentially thinking about setting up their own business about the do's and don'ts, tips and tricks about um, what worked and didn't work for you? Yeah, I mean, look, oh, you asked me on a different day. Uh, I could give you a different answer. <laughs> uh, I've, uh, yeah, I think, look, it's, I've actually read a book that really changed the way I think about things. It's called Rework, um, mm. R-E-W-O-R-K. And it really is about starting small and taking iterative steps. And I think that's the best way to get started. You know, you just, it's a little bit like that Paul Kelly song, you know, from little things, big things grow. And it's really the truth is you just take a small little step in one direction. You just, it starts to create its own momentum in its own way. Mm. I think everyone thinks that you need to be motivated to get started. I actually think when you start, it actually creates its own perpetual motivation for you. Mm. Um, So my advice is just give something a crack to start as small as possible. Um, and just see where you end up. In terms of raising capital, it, every business is different and there's different market dynamics in each. When we started in 2017, we actually started the business in 16, obviously got everything ready. Yeah. There really wasn't much competition in our space. The, um, there wasn't anyone doing what we were doing. And you know, it was obviously cheaper to get started in terms of marketing and share of voice and, and branding. And um, the offering was you know, compelling compared to everyone else. You know, if you started it now, you'd be in a different position. The, the cost to market to get awareness, you know, everyone's offering the same product, they sort of, cop, you know, replicated what we're doing. It'd be a different dynamic. So you'd have to do it differently. So I think it's it's horses for courses, really. You just have to understand what you're trying to do. But the first thing you need to do is just give it a crack, start really small. Mm. Um, and you never end, know where it ends up. I didn't think we'd be this far progressed. I didn't think it would end up, you know, we'd be where we are now. Uh, we've obviously had some luck on the way, but if we didn't get started, we wouldn't have been able to That's know, right. ride that wave. So what, so what about other markets, Matt? You're clearly um, allowing trading in the US, but there are plenty of other um, great stock markets around the world, Australia included. Tell us about your plans to expand and, and get into what's happening locally here in Australia. 
Yeah, so we had exciting news, well, it would be a couple of weeks ago now. We've, we're launching Aussie Equities for our, you know, for customers and for the Australian public. Um, it starts in beta in October. I've actually been playing around with it, yeah. um, buying, buying and selling some stocks. It's looking amazing. Um, and we've been able to come in on chess sponsored, so hitting it, you know, $3 a trade. Um, but it actually starts at zero if you join before December, um, the end of the year. There you go. There's, an, uh, there's a plug. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this is this is free marketing sort of. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's really, you know, we, we have a large customer base in Australia. As I said, we've got over 360,000 customers, 80-odd percent are from Australia. 75% of those, as I mentioned, have got an Aussie equities account with a local broker. And there really hasn't been a seismic shift in the space, you know, since stuff went digital in the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, the, the experience pretty much looks the same. The pricing hasn't shifted materially. And for the benefits of what we've been able to do in the US and the scale we've got and the technology we've built and invested in, um, particularly more recently, we've been able to get to a point in which we can offer customers something that really just shifts the market entirely. Um, you shouldn't have to pay you know, $20. You shouldn't even have to pay $9.50 to execute a trade on the US, on the Aussie market. And we mm. feel that um, we can do it in a way that is seamless, still has that level of sophistication and offers Aussies a great way to to lower the cost of their brokerage, but also wrap that whole experience between Aussie and US, you know, trade Aussie in the day and US by night um, in an app and a web uh, in an experience that's, you know, pretty much, you know, where the, <laughs> the next generation of brokers should be. Uh, we shouldn't be just living in the early 2000s for what we, we have right now. And so what about the access to shares on the ASX? There are something like 2,000 odd companies on the ASX at the moment, are all of them potentially up for grabs through stake, or is it going to be a, an incremental approach? No, hundred percent, all of them. You know, even some yeah, of okay. the list, listed options, not the the um, the futures options that are available, but you know, it'll be all stocks, ETFs. Um, I was even actually speaking to uh, one of our partners about the national stock exchange as well. <laughs> you know, like for me, it's about opening up access to all the opportunities that exist, and from day one, it'll be all Aussie. Uh, listed stocks and ETFs, um, you know, and obviously be trading both on ASX and Chiax as well. So what about people living overseas? Can they then uh, trade uh, once it's live on um, on Australian shares? Yeah, that's a, that will happen. Uh, New Zealand will be the first one after Australia. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a little bit more of a straightforward leap yeah. um, across the Tasman. So um, yeah, absolutely. We think we can open up that market to people overseas. We've obviously got international presence in Europe um, and actually in Latin America as well. Our chairman's um, Brazilian and he's founded um, and sold Brazil's first online trading platform. So we're lucky to have him. And you never know where we can take the ASX. I think it's um, I think the US market is more recognized uh, than the Aussie market, obviously. Mm. But I still think there's an opportunity for people overseas. And I think it's going to be very compelling for New Zealand uh, investors to be able to access Aussie market and it'll be, you know, like a tenth of the cost of what they're paying their current broker. And are you, are you looking, Matt, at any other um, international stock markets like Japan or Germany or uh, the UK? Anything else on the horizon? I don't think immediately. I mean, a lot of that exposure you get in the big names through the US ADRs. Hmm. Uh, and also we're opening up the OTC market, um, US OTC market, which has a lot of those names as well pretty shortly. So you'll see that in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, it's not, there's other things to, there's other things to do first, but you know, I never say never, but it's not on the immediate horizon. What about, how does stake work with um, self-managed super funds? 
Yeah, I mean, any self-managed super fund can open an account. I've got mine on stake. Um, actually, we actually even set up self-managed super funds for stake investors that don't have one. So we've got Stake SMSF, which is a, uh, a way in which, you know, we've got, 30, as I said, 32-year-olds that want to access their super and invest it the way with the control and, you know, without with the freedom they want. And they actually come to Stake to set up a, uh, a super fund. So, we, yeah, we've got thousands of super funds that use stake to trade the US market and soon they'll be able to trade the Aussie market as well. Uh, and we can also set up a super fund for you um, for 770 bucks annually, which is, you know, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. yeah, it includes obviously free trading and, and also gives you straight straight access through to the um, to zero commission on Aussie as well for the first three months. So um, during 2021. So look, it's uh yeah, we just want to make sure that we can use technology and and also a little bit of our market expertise and now to just bring something better to market so and that's what that stake smsf product's about it's about giving the younger generation that want to control their own super the ability to do so i'm going to open up a can of worms here by mentioning uh, <laughs> crypto can you um yeah. can you buy crypto or are you at least thinking about um about that through stake at all yeah it's something that obviously comes up we've just got to nail the aussie equities first yeah, it's got to yeah. be really good really hot um it's got to do what we say we're going to do we've got to make it better and better and better that's our first job um we don't like to get too far ahead before we've mm. actually done the job we said we're going to do so it's definitely on the horizon but there's work to be done elsewhere first so what do you think looking ahead what what are the future of platforms like yours like stake being able to you know trade on your phone uh, or even set up an account while you're on the bus on the way to work, and, you know, you're away. People are used to now transacting online, doing things through a mobile lens. Do, do you just see it um, expanding even more? That's a good question. I, I don't really know what the future holds. I, you know, I think what, you know, COVID has taught us is that online is, you know, we always knew it was the future. It's just obviously been accelerated by the pandemic. Look, I don't see that thing shifting. We we focus on both web and app. I think with finance, people generally like to be able to do stuff on the web as well. It just mm. has a level of comfort to it. Um, and also, you can go into more detail and you can do more analysis. So for us, it's important to have both and that won't shift. Uh, our investor, as I said, is is not necessarily a newbie. We, we Obviously, everyone starts as a novice and um, that's great and we want to cater for them. But you know, we, we sit a little bit to the right of the curve where people, you know, they, they've done it before and they want that ability to do the analysis and get the information they need. And I think you need to have both. So, yes, there'll be more people checking and managing their portfolios on mobile, but I always think there'll be a place for web where you need to go a little bit deeper into the information. And what do your customers who use Stake think of the platform? I imagine you probably don't get a lot of feedback, like it's a it's a, you're a, you're a gateway which allows them to, to buy and sell, to trade, but I imagine you'd have a few good stories that have come through um, over the over the years with people sort of giving you the thumbs up that you've allowed them to capitalise on a market opportunity in the US. Yeah, there's great stories. We get a lot of feedback, and we really encourage it. The only way to get better is to get feedback, good and bad, um, and we've had both, and it's really important. Um, and there's no issue. Uh, you know, even my dad gives me feedback on the product. <laughs> He's like, you probably don't want to hear this from me. I'm like, but. to tell you the truth, I don't want to hear much from you, but I'm happy to hear <laughs> I this. Dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming no, from he's, a good uh, place. Yeah, it is. No, no, he sends me emails and, you know, he's obviously not our target market, but he's, he's entitled to his opinion. Um, no, it, look, we've seen great stories. You know, we've got people that put, you know, 20 grand into Tesla um, four or five years ago, then are putting a, you know, going and buying a house with it. You know, stuff like yeah. that. It's just, you know, 
the, the amazing stories. But that's them. They've taken the risk. That's not, that's not what we've done. We've, we've facilitated access, but, you know, they've taken the risk to go put their money to work and they should be celebrated for that, not us. Um, but, you know, there's good and bad, you know, there's good and bad bits. We've had areas where we've needed to improve. There's things on the app uh, and on the web that we've just, just haven't been up to the level that we had hoped. Um, but our customers point that out and we, we've got a really strong community. We've got, you know, we've got two community managers <laughs> inside the business that are, you know, working with our, you know, the, our customers and the Australian public and around the world to make our product better and to get their feedback. And, and that's who we celebrate. I mean, a little story my son said to me, um, Dad, I saw something on YouTube um, that says your, your haters are your greatest motivators. And I, I actually corrected him. I said, no, that's not the reality. Um, it's actually, you know, the people that support you that are your greatest motivators because mm. that's who you're building for. They'll always be there. Um, when people stop hating you, it doesn't mean you're less motivated. Um, it's actually got to be the customers that you work for. So um, for us, they're the people that drive us. They're the ones that make us better. And, and their feedback is absolutely um, the thing that makes our product better. And without it, you know, we wouldn't be where we are. And Matt, final question. You've um, spoken about the ASX. Any plans at all for stake to be on the ASX at any point in the future? I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Not really on our roadmap. Obviously, we did a recent capital raise, and that gives us a lot of runway um, to go build something amazing for customers. But you know, I'd like to be able to think we're in a position to do so, but at some point in the future. But that's just not something we've thought about too much. Yeah. Um, as it's got other fish to fry right now. No worries, uh, Matt Leibowitz, CEO and founder of Stake. It's been great catching up with you today, and we wish you all the very best in the years ahead. Thanks for coming on to the program. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you.